coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. This is why I'm sat with my hands behind my head in full relaxed mode, because it, it doesn't tend to go out as video. Uh, so, JP, this yeah. is this is my buddy Jazz, who, uh, who I do the Hi. podcast with. Um, I don't think you guys have ever had the pleasure of meeting, um, but it's nice to see you again, man. How uh, it's how nice is everything? To see you. It's uh, we're hanging in there, man. It's been, um, it's been a lot of change again, but it's you know I think we're finally heading in the right direction around here, which is nice. You know. Wait, hey, what are you, what like are you talking about there? What's are going you, on? you talking about the US, or are you talking about the Jaguars, or what? I mean, about the Jaguars. <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, it's been um, it's been an interesting few months here what's going on over there man what's up for you dude it's uh i mean i've just come to the end of my season so i am yeah. now right. in full relaxation mode obviously the soccer season is wound down um there's not a whole lot going on at this point really at the uh with the nfl stuff obviously that will hopefully kick back up once we get closer to the start of the new year but so really i've this is my first week where i'm just now in relax mode hit, hit the golf yet you're still working doing podcasts nah, this isn't work talking <laughs> to people fun. like yourself is is an absolute pleasure man this is uh, this is what i live for <laughs> awesome man i'm um, glad to do it thanks for asking me well dude let's just let's dive straight into it because i know you need to get off as quickly as possible um because you've got plenty going on today but uh senior reporter for the jacksonville jaguars as i was told off for calling them the Jaguars in a previous commentary that I've done. So I will refer to them in your honor as the Jaguars. JP Shadrick joining us here today. JP, man, what is, uh, what's going on in Florida? It's a wild state at the best of times. It's been good, man. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. We're, um, you know, it's been a lot of change around here again for the Jaguars, new head coach, Um, the quarterbacks in year two. They've got a lot of free agent money that they spent. They've drafted some guys they think can play. So um, it's a nice feeling around here right now, actually. But it's a nice feeling every offseason about, you know, May 26th. Every team thinks they have hope, and and the Jaguars certainly do again, and and that's a good thing. Well, you're talking to an Eagles fan that predicted two losses last week on this podcast. So uh, I'm feeling good about, you know, the May 26th sort of vibe of the NFL and what's going to happen this season. But, um, well, one of those losses will be against the Jags. Oh, that. really? Oh, okay. Okay. All right, yeah. I, I, I was going to ask you, actually, what do you think the win, win-loss win record will be for this coming season? But let's let's talk about that a little later on. Um, I did want to ask you just about the kind of previous tenure and the last 12 months of and how it, and how it has kind of changed. Does it? Does the whole building just feel a little lighter and airier and, and freer? I mean, it, it was an interesting season for the organization to say the least. Yeah, it wasn't that interesting. It was awful what it was, to be quite frank with you. I mean, that's what it was looking back on it. it, it was, I wouldn't wish it on, on any organization, what, what they've had to go through the last couple of years. Uh, fortunately though, that has passed and they're trying to move forward. It, it does. It just feels more professional. You know, mm-hmm. Doug Peterson comes in here as an Eagles fan. You know this with that track record. He worked up the Andy Reid tree. He's been in the league since 1991 when he was a player. Like he's been an NFL guy for 30 years. So that's step one. He understands the league. He understands the timing of the offseason, what it takes to get a team ready for a regular season. He's won a Super Bowl. He's not flashing his ring all over the building. He doesn't have to. Um, He understands everything uh, and he's going to do it his way to get a team right and ready and motivated and earn that trust, as he said, uh, after what happened last year. So it just feels um, much more normal, like it should feel in the NFL. Didn't feel like that a lot last year. I mean, you're you're on pins and needles a lot, going down the hallway, going certain places. Yeah, really? just to, it's just that it was that it was a lot of that going on because I think urban was just trying to figure out, you know, if his approach could work in the league and then quickly that the college feel is just much different. Like you're yeah. the, you are the, the czar you're running everything and they're all 18 years old. Well, it's different 
uh, when you've got agents involved here, players are in their mid to late twenties, they have families that they've been at it for a long time. Uh, so the approach that Doug Peterson's going with, it's an NFL approach and it's uh, so far, it's a much different feel. Yes. That's As... good. I'm assuming he's got no bars, no higher that he's going to have a little uh, layover on either. Oh my god, yes. Well, you... Someone had to mention it, didn't we? Get that one in there. I think, the, I think the Chargers did a good enough job with their uh, schedule release of, uh, of getting that last dig in at oh, Urban yeah. Meyer and what took place last year, I think. Um, as, as a reporter, though, for the Jags, like, that's a difficult season for you to deal with as well, with the stories that keep coming out. And how much are you kind of almost like hamstrung by obviously being somebody that works for the franchise? You know, you need to be an honest, honest and open reporter, but at the same time, you don't want to do a disservice to your employer, you know? Yeah. Uh, the, there was no better example of this than the week after the incident that you're speaking about uh, when yeah. the videos came out. Um, you know, we had played on a Thursday night. The team was in Cincinnati and lost a tough football game. They were, they were right there in the game. They should have won the game and beaten the Bengals on the road. It would have been a, a real nice start for the Urban Meyer era to get that going. They still had not won a game yet, uh, and they, they failed to do that. So the team flies back. I, I'm here in Jacksonville. I was not with the team. Mm. And you start hearing the next day or so, wait a minute, Urban, Urban didn't fly back with the team. That's interesting. And then Saturday, the video comes out. Okay. And then um, Monday is his normal Monday press conference. So he addresses it, says what he says about it. And you think, okay, we're moving forward, whatever. And then 10 minutes later, the second video comes out. It's like, okay, well, this is just different than what we've just heard. And the next time he spoke to anybody about it was on the Urban Meyer radio show that I had to host on Tuesday. And it was our, our highest viewed show of the year because to that point, it is the Urban Meyer show, but that's the, num that's the story. Yeah. And it's not attacking Urban or what was done or not done. It's how do you earn the trust back after everything that has just happened? So the first segment of that show was really about that to give him another platform to really put it out there of if he wanted to say why or what was going on whatever but really how does moving forward how can he get this franchise back together that's how we approached it so we addressed it we were right there in front of it as much as we could be without yeah. attacking the guy because that's not our role mm. and um and then we move forward and talk football after that so uh, it was it, it could be difficult right but it's really about the it's about the jaguar head that's on your shirt, right? I mean, yeah. that, that's why we're here. It's about pulling uh, for the not team, the, the one person who might go astray. So yeah, that's how we approached it. Nice man. It's um, I mean, I kind of imagine as uh, you know, you, you're a far more professional journalist and reporter than, than I think I would ever be. Uh, but it's kind of like those are the moments that you don't want to deal with, but they're also quite exciting almost because it is a change of the norm. It's something that you have to, you know, really flex your journalistic muscles of right. How are we going to deal with this uh, without tiptoeing around it, but without obviously stamping on the eggshells and breaking them all over the place and causing an absolute mess. So I can imagine for yourself, it was probably kind of fun, but obviously not that fun as well in that same moment, you know? I get where you're going with that, uh, but if I had to do it all over again, I wish <laughs> it would have never happened to begin with. I mean, the team was was struggling enough anyway, and with all that on top of it, it was just a, a tough, tough year. Obviously, for the for the team, the players, the whole organization, top to bottom. The fans certainly are, are unbelievably embarrassed by it. Um, now that said. You know, that's that's a wave. You just got to ride whatever wave is out there. They don't come around that often, and especially in a 3-14 and 14 season. So I, I think we did the best we could with the circumstances that were pre presented to us. And mm. that's, yeah. that's all we can do. And that first question to Doug, Mar Doug Peterson wasn't, what other side businesses have you got that we need to be aware of just to keep you away from in the season or anything like that? I no, think. <laughs> no, he's no. Doug. Doug's been at it. I mean, you guys know it. He's like I said earlier, man. He's been at this for a long time. He understands what it takes to get an organization right. It might take a little time, but um, yeah, there's there's it. All focus is on football with, with Doug Peterson. Yeah, he's um 
he's a kind of softly softly spoken guy as well he does doesn't show his anger to the to the press and to the public too often i mean obviously life was good for a large part of his time in philadelphia and there was a, a lot of positives of his time there but he, he seems like a guy who's very quick to be able to put a positive spin on everything what of the kind of first interactions with with doug binlight seems like that you know he's not gonna i think publicly chastise his guys or any of that kind of thing that's not his approach because he was a player he doesn't want to have that happen when a head coach is going after you i mean that's not cool but in certain situations i feel like uh, if you're in a closed meeting room with him he could put his foot down and say hey this is the way we're doing this and this is why we're doing it and you're going to follow that or you're going to move on and mm -hmm. i think that's but i don't think you'll ever hear him say that on a microphone so so he has that that personality that's a little loose feeling you know he's approachable he's a guy you just like to have a cold beer with and, and hang yeah. out for a little bit it seems like that which is i'm sure true uh, it feels like so far um but i think when, when the time is uh, when the time is to go work and to get your work done and to go practice and to go play do all the things you have to do it's 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 go time like he'll he'll flip that switch and let's go coach football and, and go win how do you reckon he's going to cope and try and improve trevor lawrence of course it wasn't the best year in the world for rookie qb to have to deal with learning the nfl as a starting point without everything happening off behind the scenes off the field do you think that he's going to be the right person to try and see the improvement because that game against the colts he looked like he was starting to turn a corner already so do we think he's going to carry an upper trajectory this year that's the hope. He better. I mean, they've got 17 <laughs> offensive coordinators, it feels like, on the yeah. team, you know, with everything going on. So Doug Peterson will call the plays. He's the head coach, of course. Um, you've got, um, uh, you know, Mike McCoy is the quarterback's coach. Press Taylor is the offensive coordinator, young offensive mind. Jim Bob Cooter's on the team. He's the passing game coordinator. Yeah. They've got an assistant quarterback's coach. they got all these guys. Uh, that are really here around Trevor and guys that have done it at the NFL level for a long time. And, and Trevor talked the other day actually about uh, the difference now in learning a new offense in year two in the NFL, because last year's offense wasn't quite effective. They, there were a lot of moving parts, things they changed mid season, they're approaching some things, Well, it was totally different than what he did at Clemson. Right. So yeah. learning an NFL scheme now or an idea of one, now moving into a second NFL offense, it seems like an easier transition for him. Okay, we know how we're approaching certain things in the National Football League with the Jaguars, or most teams do it this way. Now I can just change some terminology. So he's starting with that right now. That's going on. And then once we get, you know, the next two weeks of OTAs are about working on some timing things. But, I mean, going back to Doug, too, Doug Peterson, he understands what this time of year is. He's not going to kill his guys on the practice field. You're not going to get answers of Trevor Lawrence's ability right now, all the, you know, all the way through yeah. save that for August. Like that's when it gets real again. That's when the real, real work happens going into the regular season. So it's, that's priority. Number one is getting Trevor Lawrence, right. Yeah. And whatever that means is that, is that, uh, you know, crafting more of the offense around what he can do, moving him a little more on the run and doing some things like that. There's, he'll have a, a hand in this too, by the way. He's not going to be out of the, the decision-making yeah. process. If, I think they're going to meet during the season on like Thursdays uh, in the evening and just double check, hey, make sure. What do you like about this? What do you not like? Mark some things out, narrow it down. And um, th there's a, a, a big committee of people, but it, it's really going to have Trevor Lawrence in there too. So yeah. – um, he better be the guy. That's, that's I think that's the reason why Doug's here. Yeah, he better be the guy to get Trevor going, and you know he feels like he can. Well, he seems like the best one you've had since David Garrard. So there's at least hope there that it's it's breaking up the barren run you've had in the middle of that. Well, yeah, Garrard had a pretty good run, uh, literally. I mean, he was yeah. a running style <laughs> yeah. quarterback, yeah. right? So it wasn't like he was lighting up scoreboards through the air. It was a different style, a different era for the Jaguars in the mid two thousands, which is not a bad thing. That's just how they won the games then. And then uh, Blaine Gabbert comes in. We know how that happened. That didn't work out. Chad Henney for a minute or two. Yeah. had his moments, but they didn't win. And they had a young team. And uh, of course, 
you know, Blake Bortles comes rolling in here. So, um, and he had that one run he, that last month of 2017 was incredible. I mean, he played his yeah. best football then and then played pretty good at, at points in uh, the second game of the postseason that year. That got him paid, right? Mm-hmm. And then we know the rest. The of wheels fell off. So this is the one. Yeah. This is the guy. This is the franchise. And everybody here has been waiting for a guy like this really since day one of the organization. Mark Brunel was traded in, remember? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's on the ring of honor I'm looking at right now, but um, that's kind of the standard in Jacksonville. But there's a, there's, everybody thinks that Trevor can exceed that. I mean, everyone will look at that Colts game at the end of the year potentially as, as you know, Trevor Lawrence kind of finally starting to show his stuff. But I'd still always look at the second-to-last play at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against the Miami Dolphins setting up for that game-winning field goal as actually the first point where I saw Trevor Lawrence make a decision and make a play looking like an NFL quarterback. So we didn't see enough of it last year, I don't think. But that game-winning pass to set up in field goal formation for the uh, for the game winner, I thought, was the first time that we were like, okay, all right, he actually, under pressure in a big moment, can pull off what you need him to pull off. That's a heck of an eye right there because that slider play was, it, it had to be ultra-precision pass in that moment with just a few seconds to figure out why you're doing it, right? Yeah. So it's called in. They knew exactly how to execute it. Uh, LaVisca Chanel actually caught the football. That's a big part of this, too. <laughs> in in yeah. a sliding situation, he didn't do that. He had some issues at times last year, but not in that moment. Slide down, timeout, boom, and then I hope to goodness the, the kicker can make another one from a distance he's never even touched in college or, or pro. And that's that was a big-time moment. But you're right. The, the precision and the and the big moment of a game to make that kind of pass told you a lot about Trevor. That's a good. That's a good one. I mean, I'm just saying the Jags in London seem to get their some of their best moments, right? I mean, that's why you guys keep coming back. Of course, we all remember when you absolutely was it the Ravens you tore apart. And Joe they didn't Flack- want to be there. No, they, not it, at it all. Felt like they did not like that trip at all. The Ravens <laughs> and then uh, the Jaguars took advantage of it, and then. Uh, one year the Colts came over, and, and I don't think they figured out how slippery Wembley's pitch was, so they're slipping and sliding all over the place. And the Jags had the advantage there and, and knew how to play on that field. So there was like one touchdown. Alan Hearns just like weaving, and guys are slipping and sliding, and, yeah. you know that kind of thing. And then Bortles had the the game winner um, uh, on a on a pass in one of those games, and to Hearns with the, the elbow in. Uh, yeah, that was the wild one that went back and forth, lost the big lead, came in. So, yes, there's been some great moments. We're looking for a whole lot of good ones. Dude, you got a tough one coming up, though, this year, man, for Wembley. I mean... Well, tough for the Seahawks. Or for the Broncos. Sorry, Russell Wilson's on my mind. <laughs> That's what I have to say. <laughs> we're we're Bron- not getting Seattle. They're in Germany, buddy. Don't worry about that. We don't have to worry about that one. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, everybody here is like, hey... Uh, Jaguars passed on Russell Wilson to pick a punter. So it's like we, we get the whole Russell Wilson thing in, embedded in our heads here in Jacksonville. So uh, so my apologies to the Broncos. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be an interesting game. That's uh, that whole Jaguars have the entire AFC West on the schedule this year, by the way. And my gosh, I mean, it's <laughs> carnage. Those guys are, are loaded, all four of those teams. Yeah. Are, you, are you thanking the NFL schedulers for that? Just as that division becomes perhaps the biggest division in NFL football, it lands on your doorstep in Jacksonville. It's how the rotation works, man. <laughs> I mean, and this is just one of those years of, of all free agency and trades to happen. They all kind of go to the West. So uh, you got to deal with it. Every game's tough in the NFL. And, um, you know, see if we can tick off a few wins. Who's your? Who's the best team in that division, do you think? This is, a, this is a debate that we've had. Oh, a here's lot a question on for this. you. Who's, who's your one, two, three, four? Who's going to finish the, first in order? AFC West. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, let's see. It's hard to pick against the Chiefs. It is hard. I know they don't have Tyreek Hill. How do they figure that out? I don't. I think they're still. Oh, they might just score thirty-five a game instead of forty now. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> so I'll go with them. The Chargers. Yeah. I'm, I'm there. I think they're going to make a move. They've they've got they've added some pieces on defense. Obviously, the quarterbacks will be great. Um, give me the Raiders, but not far back. 
And then the Broncos. The Broncos, I mean, Broncos have full, a full. Okay. I think oh, fourth full. for me. Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, it's not a bad fourth. I think they'll be better <laughs> than you think, but that's my – you're asking me May 26th, sight yes, unseen of course, after yeah. free agency in the – yeah. whatever. No, it's just interesting. That's been one of our conversation topics for the whole of this offseason at the moment is what order the, are we going to rank that division? I get like, you know, there's some new players and the new things, but the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, man. Like, it, those guys are... Where's the run game? Where's... where's the secondary? They lost Tyron Matthew. They lost... Um... Their cornerback and Ward. They've lost two things. There. Melvin Ingram was important for them at pass rush, and he's gone. It feels to me scored, like the Mahomes it's an is offensively. True, offensively. true. But if you've lost the deep threat in um, in Hill, and everyone's going to double Kelsey, and now you have to hope someone on the outside makes the play. I never think that Hardman shows enough. They haven't got the dependable pair of hands that like they had in Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson. So I hope the rookie they drafted does the trick for them. But I, from my point of view, I could happily see the Chiefs being the fourth in that division because I think everyone else has improved that much more and the yeah, Chiefs with the secondary issues and the pass rush not being quite as good might struggle to keep teams below 45. I still got to see it though, man. Oh I yeah, mean, I, I just, totally agree. <laughs> I can't wait still for it. some guys on that offense. I get what you're saying. It makes a lot of sense, but I mean, they're still unproven on those other teams too. So Very true. We'll and obviously yeah. team building requires as everybody in the NFL knows, you know, you got to take time to gel all of the components together. You got to be, you know, able to understand new playbooks, understand the relationships between everybody else, which is why it's going to be the LA Chargers that represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. They're the best team in in the conference, but I'm getting sidetracked on that. Um, and because you tell Khalil Mack, oh, you just rushed this side. Oh, Joe Bosa, you just rushed this side. Just don't do anything else. That's all you're going to do. Every every snap, just rush, and that's it. And uh, you, you should have a lot of success there. You know, I think I might have been my picks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you talked me into the charge. Yeah. Uh, I was... You got it. Join me. <laughs> Join me on the Justin Herbert bandwagon. I've loved him since Oregon, man. Got to keep him keep him going. Feed that fire. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. With, with the Jags this year as well, obviously you get to come to London. You get to take on the Denver Broncos. Are you guys actually going to come for a week this time? Because that's the thing I always love the most. Is oh, when, instant, instant Yeah, is when the Jags come for like a full week and everybody can really embrace it and you've got time to kind of maybe build a little bit of rapport with some of the players over the week and you can have a bit more back and forth as opposed to, you know, you maybe get two questions on a Friday and then that's your day done in terms of talking to players and then you're shuffled off and that's it and... Yeah, can you can you not convince them, JP? Well, I mean, I would love it because that means I'm also there for a whole week, and that would be fantastic. But trying to corral 53 NFL players with all this spare time on their hands and 16 now practice squad guys that you oh, have yeah. to have over there too, that's a lot, and it's mm. a lot of money. And you know, the, the way the setup is uh, at Wembley, it's a Jaguars game at Wembley. NFL's not running the game anymore. So the Jaguars uh, are putting on this whole event. So oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So the, the NFL has the deal with, with Spurs. The Jaguars have their own deal with Wembley. So that's how this is going. So financially, you know, Thursday, coming over Thursday night, arriving Friday morning at 6 a.m. makes a whole lot more sense. And you're there for, you know, Friday, Saturday, and then play the game Sunday, and then boom, back on the plane. And, uh, you know, usually back here in Jacksonville by about 1 a.m. Uh, Eastern time in, in Jacksonville. So, um, and then now this year, uh, for the second time only, the Jaguars play the next week. It's mm -hmm. at home this time, though. The last time they did it, the only other time was 2017, and they played the next week in New York against the Jets. And they lost the game. It was an overtime game. You know, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I, they just lost a tight game. Um, but I think having it home after will help a little bit. It's one less travel day. You're here, you know, so and that's the idea. They did that a few years ago, the Thursday to, to Sunday in London. It seemed to streamline a lot of things um, and guys could recover just as fine. And so they've stuck with that. And that so next that game is the Raiders, which isn't exactly, <laughs> you know, out of the fire pit into the fire kind of thing. Yeah. So is that because the NFL aren't, doing it like you said so it's a Jaguar with Wembley deal which means that the schedule no longer puts the bye week after the London game automatically 
Well, it was it's the team's option, is what I was told. The league, okay. The league said, hey, if you're playing an international game, or especially in Europe, I guess it's in Europe only. I would think Mexico City would matter. But um, if you're playing there, you have the option if you want to buy a week right after. Right. Okay. Well, Doug Peterson the other day said that, hey, you know, we'd like to buy a week a little later in the season. So we'll, you know, we're, we're willing to play, you know, especially if we can get a home game right after, it'd be great. But we'll play and then push our bye week back a little bit if we can. And they got it two weeks later. So uh, it's like, what, week 11, I guess now. Mm-hmm. So um, so then you can, you know, you're, you're getting uh, rested and ready for the stretch run at that point. So then the Jags have to sort out all of the Wembley game, though, is what you're saying in terms of... But does that also mean that the Jags reap any rewards financially from all of that as well? So maybe on the kind of cost-benefit analysis, it's suddenly moving everything into the black a little bit more in terms of the the financial end of it, right? That's right. Uh, Ticketing, um, in-stadium experience, uh, video boards, uh, the programming of that, um, all the above, yes. So... Um, and that's why you've seen over there, I don't know how close you follow, there's been a, a little bit of a change in some Jaguars leadership in the UK. Mm. Uh, Maria Gigante has come over from the NFL because I think the Jaguars are leaning now towards more an execution of a game event. She's done that for a long time in the UK, and she's kind of leading that charge now. Instead of, at first it was, hey, brand awareness, grassroots efforts in the countryside, all the whole thing which is still important to the Jaguars, but, uh, but now that that shift is, is starting to move forward. So um, that's, that's the idea and that's the way it's going to be. Nice. Do you guys feel like you've cracked the UK to some extent? Because, you know, Bortles was at one year, I think he was like the third highest selling Jersey in yeah. the UK behind, I think Tom Brady. And I can't remember who the other one was. You see more and more of the Jags paraphernalia at the games now. It feels more like a Jags game when you guys come to town. There's a bit more hype in the crowd with a Jags bias in positivity. Or is there still kind of a lot more the franchise wants to be doing, do you feel, to kind of build an even bigger presence in the UK? Well, I'll say this. The presence of the football team playing there is not going to go away. Uh, Mr. Khan wants to play there and he wants to be the leader of that front that's why he's he made that long commitment early and has done it year over year over year over year and it's important to him it's important to the organization's bottom line i mean it it does uh bring in a a significant amount more money than it does for a jacksonville home game but those the one time a year is what they want to do it and they've as we said you know they've put a lot of um manpower and, and people power behind that in the UK on the ground. And I think that, um, you know, the team wasn't playing especially well when we first started coming over there, right? It was a young team. So on the field was going to be a little difficult, but it's a year round process. That's why they were trying to get out in the community a little bit more and still are and, and doing that sort of thing. And I think you saw some benefit of that once the team started playing a little better um, that all kind of combined into one. So um, that's still going to happen. I, I don't know what the future holds in that regard. Like, you know, that. I, I don't know if there's, you know, more coming down the pipeline of things that the Jags would do in the community that they haven't done already. But um, I'm sure that presence isn't going away. That's that's the whole idea is that I think Mr. Khan wants it to be uh, the UK's first love. Mm-hmm. And that's... Um, that's important. Is there any kind of inklings or suspicions that they might bring the franchise here full time as uh, a home team here? No, 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 no. Um, so we're I hate that right question so much, JP. I don't know how much you dislike it. No, I hate it. No, so it's much. fair. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm just interested. That's all. Yeah, no, I know, I know. And here's the here's the reason. So this is Jag- Jacksonville's team, and it's been here since '95. Um, Mr. Khan has you know, in, in a publicly owned facility that I'm sitting in right now, TIA Bank Field has put in a whole lot of his own money to upgrade the place. Uh, the city and, and he were involved both on the big video boards here, Daly's Place, the amphitheater behind here that's about 5,500 seats for concerts and other events, an indoor facility, right? 
that was all kind of shared. City owns it, but Mr. Khan put a lot, a lot of money in uh, for those developments. Now, uh, there's a new football performance center being built. It's coming out of the ground. There's concrete. There's you know walls going up. And that's another city and Jaguars partnership where by the letter of the lease didn't really have to have one. Uh, it was by the letter of the lease, it's a, you know, the city is responsible for all those things around okay. the football team. Mr. Khan cut it in half and said, Hey, we're going to do half. You guys do half uh, city own the building and it's going to change the, 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 the footprint of, of this whole area right here. So the football team will be in there. It expands their space to what is what should be for an NFL franchise. It is a huge footprint. Uh, so that's going up now. A lot of money going in there. Mm -hmm. And then across the street, Mr. Khan's other company is uh, working to develop the shipyards property, which is right on the St. John's River, right across the street from the stadium. And in that, there's going to be a Four Seasons Hotel uh, built from the ground up and uh, All right. it's going to be the first five-star hotel um, in Jacksonville and one of I think one or two in the state of Florida I mean it's the, these these kind of it's a different level of that that Jacksonville has not seen yet in, in terms of hospitality there's a new office building going in there that's a totally separate thing, but it's all right here in the same footprint of this. Building. Yeah, I'm with you. So it's all around the Jaguars is the point, right? Mm. So the Jaguars are here. They're staying here. London will be in the picture, and that's fine. That makes the international brand stick, but it's about everything here in Jacksonville. That's Do you get a staff discount at the brand new five-star hotel that's propping up JP? Is that going to be the new residence for you in season? Well, I mean, there are still there are residences in there also. So, I mean, my next contract, <laughs> hey, you know, Mr. Khan, no, no, I, I may not even be allowed to walk into that place. That's, uh, it's going to be fantastic, and I think it should be done about 2025 or 2026, somewhere in that window right. uh, on the river. And the football building will be ready for training camp in 23. So okay. that's going to be done team moves out of the building and then the front office will move around here they're you know and then at some point when the office buildings are open over there they'll move in there also i'm also uh, disappointed that you're not doing this chat from tia bank stadium in one of the jacuzzis that's been put in there you know in the in the poolside uh, box suites or something like that i mean next time next time i think well yeah i'm uh I'm good. It's hot here, so I'm not. I'm not sitting out. I'm sitting in the air conditioning right now, fellas. I, I, it's May, but it's uh, it's already hot here. There's, there's no doubt about that. I don't. I know it's an audio podcast. I'm gonna turn the camera around. So oh, that's beautiful. Right yeah, that's not a bad a good view. view. <laughs> that is a good view. About the the right 25 yard line on the front row of the press box, and they're actually practicing in here during OTAs because um, okay. practice fields are chopped up because that's the footprint of the new football building yeah, yeah so they're they're playing on the they're practicing on the game field they put in artificial turf around the edge all the way around uh, and so they can actually use the side areas more without chopping uh, up yeah, the grass yeah, there and they do that's have clever. the indoor facility still that they can use uh, and then training camp they're going to practice at a local high school that has a couple of fields just across the river a little bit uh, for training camp so uh, they can have multiple fields outside at one time is galvanize any relation to gal gadot by any chance i don't know i just uh... <laughs> there's what? a group here there's a group here of uh, young aspiring female reporters today that are doing interviews with some rookies and some stand-up things so all ah, right got you here today all ah, right fair enough um talking of rookies quickly who is the most exciting rookie that you're looking forward to seeing this year for the jags and why is it travis Etienne? <laughs> That's a good point, right? I mean, it feels like he is one. Um, uh, it, it was nice to see him running around the other day for the first time. And as this offseason has gone along, we've had a couple of instances to talk to him. He said, yeah, you know, I'm 80%. Okay, now it's the next time it's 85 to 90. And then all of a sudden, first OTA, he's running around and cuts. And Doug Peterson said, there's no – he's full go. Like, oh, That's good. All right. That's good news. I'm going to monitor him and just make sure. Um, but that could that could change some things. I haven't seen James Robinson yet. They're still kind of waiting on him. Different kind of player, obviously. That, you know, ETN's the home run hitter, they hope. Um, but 
hey, if, if Travis is out there and they can do some different things with him, maybe on the outside, that was the that was the idea last year. That was the big, you know, stink about him taking wide receiver reps in rookie minicamp last year. It wasn't that big a deal. It was like, hey, he's going to work out here a little bit. That was the idea to use him some out there, line him up in the backfield, move him around. Marshall Fultz we'll style, right? Similar, right? I think that's that's not a bad comparison. So now, if he performs like Marshall performs, <laughs> that would be even better. You'd be doing well. Oh yeah. Um, now the other rookies, you know, there was a, some criticism of the Trayvon Walker pick at number one overall because mm-hmm. um, everybody was Aiden Hutchinson hype and yeah, I know all this stuff going on. Well, he shows up, and I mean, he stands out. He is a large. He's he's taller than I thought. It says six five, but sometimes say, okay, whatever. I'm six three. Like I kind of stand next to these guys and say, okay, I'm not like an athlete, just height wise, right? But yeah, yeah. Width wise, maybe not quite hey, much. No, JP, you're an Adonis. Different. You're an Adonis. Uh, my my two sixty is much different than their two sixty. Okay, yeah, like yeah. it's a little. Bit, so, <laughs> but he's all of his six six two seventy two. I mean, he oh, wow, okay. is stout and long arms and can run. And that's a good start. We'll really see all that come out, I think, once the pads go on at training camp and actually push some guys around. Devin Lloyd is going to be a difference maker. Remember uh, the role Telvin Smith had in this defense back yeah. in 2017 and 18, where he was kind of the, the, the weak side, you know, kind of making plays on the ball. He could rush some. He could come, drop back interceptions. That's, I think, what they have in mind, even in a 3-4 base here some kind of role like that for Devin Lloyd he's going to be fantastic I can't wait to see him so where are they going to play Trayvon Walker is he going to play three technique at the end or is he going to be outside linebacker he is right now only an outside linebacker okay at least now I mean let's see how this goes I think the idea is hey start with one let's see if we can get you you going in here something opposite Josh Allen on the other side right see if Caleb and Chason can get going in that spot as well as a couple other guys in the mix there, but that's where they're going to start. I would guess though, at some point he's going to be too good to just put on the field in, in those situations. Yeah. You got to put your best guys out there. And I think at some point they'll find a way to, Hey, guess what? Slide back in uh, three techniques. Sounds pretty good right yeah. now. So, uh, but just one step at a time. That's what I love about Doug Peterson too. It's like, we don't have to cram it all at once. We'll get to it. Yeah. You know, August is coming. We'll, we got a month. It's fine. He'll, he'll be fine. He'll learn that and we'll teach him something else. Uh, Doug will start making up on the fly as they're going along, to be honest, by the mid- midpoint <laughs> of the season. You'll, uh, yeah. you'll have fun with him. Look, I know you've got to get off, JP, so uh, we'll let you get away. It's uh, We've had over half an hour with you already. Um, but, dude, thanks so much for having a chat, yeah, buddy. I can't you, wait buddy. to catch up in uh, in the UK as well. Yeah, hoping to make it back, and uh, I'll always enjoy visiting with you guys, and uh, thanks for having me on. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Just don't steal my play-by-play job again, please, buddy. <laughs> they've been demanding that you come back and do it instead of me. This is, I this apologize, is... <laughs> but I certainly appreciate that quarter I got, and I, I apologize for that, but thank you for doing that. No, was, you're the man. By the way, you're talented, man. I mean, don't don't you can compete. In, in the NFL and not not just in the UK. That's not that's not a joke. So I enjoy listening to you. Dude, that's very kind of you to say. Uh, we should definitely leave the whole podcast there and never record another thing. That's, <laughs> that's as good a sign-off as it is. Um, dude, yeah, thank you so much, man. Take care and uh, enjoy the, the rest of the off-season until week one. Well, I appreciate you guys, man. If you want anything else in the future, just hit me up, man. Oh, dude, uh, always. That's really kind, man. Yeah. Thank you. Definitely give you a shout. If you keep doing it with views like that as well, we'll definitely keep the video content start getting that rolling yeah. out again. We'll have to start showing people <laughs> well, that. Well, let me know next time and I can like be in a studio or, you know, have it kind of whatever. Hey, I'm oh, saying no, that's perfect. Invite that's perfect me, what you get the Jags to invite me over for summer mini camp in the off season. You and I will start doing an England American kind of Jags vibe oh, going on. And we take that into the season. I mean, this is how we break the UK with the Jags, right? It's <laughs> not a bad idea. That's some cold beers really in the not. sun. Yeah. Yeah. We can be like the Gronk and Brady show thing that Tampa yeah. Bay did, <laughs> but you know, See? too, too, bald white man yeah it'll work perfectly <laughs> perfect um something to think about i like that <laughs> awesome man have a good day buddy take care all right boys i appreciate you
He has one of the best voices I've ever heard in my life. It's great, isn't it? JP oh is so my nice. god, what a voice. Yeah. That yeah. voice is made to do commentary. It's made to do voiceover. It's made to do something like that. That's a cracking voice. Yeah. Yeah. Touchdown I didn't want radio. to say that to his face because I was always seeing I was trying to try and jizz while I was listening. But it's, <laughs> that's a smooth, delicious voice. Former Alabama uh, alumni, touchdown radio um, for college football play-by-play and senior reporter for the Jacksonville Jaguars, J.P. Shadwick. Very nice. Um, Jazz, any thoughts on the Jags? Apart from the fact that they... I don't want to say it too much. I think I hinted enough. I think they'll still get fairly crucified this year by a lot of teams. I don't think they'll do too badly. They could, they could be the wild card of the year. I honestly think they could be a team that could suddenly go from, of course, having that three-win season last year to flipping around and maybe getting to... Maybe seven, eight, nine, ten, which I know isn't maybe not playoff worthy at that division and also in the AFC, but it still has a good shot of maybe doing that. It would, like we said with uh, with JP, it just comes down to what Trevor Lawrence's development is like. Mm. If the offense works enough around him, and if the defense can get enough stops, and you, if you, Trayvon Walker is what he's built to be, and Trevor Lawrence is what he's built to be, and Travis Etienne is what he's built to be, then. They've got a good shot to do something. Shaq Griffin, Shaq Griffin, Trey Hurden, you know, uh, Walker, Walker coming in, uh, Josh Allen as Josh well. Josh Allen. Absolute yeah. monster. I mean, yeah. defensive-wise, I, I think they're a really solid team. Solid team. That's a, and Doug Peterson can, can do stuff with that. I know he's a bit more offensive-minded, but what he was able to put together with that team in Philadelphia on the defensive side of the ball... He's probably got a better defense there, arguably, than he did have in Philadelphia at that point because I didn't really rate the of secondary or the linebacker call. Yeah, it's probably fair. Um, but it was all about that pass rush with the Eagles that year. And uh, and yeah, it, it does come down to Lawrence, though, doesn't it? It, it comes As down to whether... Well, but it, it's it's also whether last year affected Lawrence that much. I get the feeling it didn't. The reason why I get the feeling... I was going to ask him about this, but because he spoke about the... Um, the Urban Meyer stuff at the start, and then we went on to Trevor Lawrence. I thought I didn't really want to go back to Urban Meyer again. Mm. But when you looked at the, I think of the that's press a conferences, feeling in general that they don't want to yeah, go back to Urban Meyer on. again. <laughs> but one of the press conferences they had where Urban Meyer came out and slated the team and said all the things that were wrong, and then Trevor Lawrence comes out as the next person to be interviewed, and he basically refutes everything and said, no, we should have to get better. It was very much a case of it was like he took all the criticism that had been thrown out and said, no, I'm the leader of this team, not this guy who's out before me. We're not going to be pointing fingers. We're not going to be saying anything else. We just collectively need to improve. And if we do that, we'll win games. And that felt like one of the most mature things I'd seen from any quarterback do, to be honest. That's sort of the thing that Tom Brady would say or a Peyton Manning would say. Not what a Carson Wentz would say because he doesn't have the... Well, uh, no, it's what Carson Wentz would say, but he wouldn't actually believe it. He'd just be saying it because he knows that's what you should say. But the coaches would have told him what to say before he went out there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because Abermeyer was saying something completely different. So... As with, as, with all, as with all teams, it comes down to quarterback play. And if, they, and if you have enough of a team around them, you can hide them enough. But that Jaguars team needs him to be very much a focal point and the star of that show. And again, he looks like he's got the physical tools to do so. And I don't think he showed terrible kind of ability last year at all. I don't think he looked that good. There were a lot of people that were saying, I've seen what they wanted to see from Trevor Lawrence enough times last year. Look at some of the throws he was making. I remember Will Gavin on our broadcast was talking about it. And I, and I flat out turned around on, on air and was like, D- I haven't seen any of this at all from him. I see a guy that's still holding on to it too long that isn't making the best decisions. He's got a nice arm, but it's not as eye-catching as, I mean, I'm going to continue to talk Wilson. about Oh, Justin Herbert's rookie year oh, as well. Okay. Like the, the deep ball was just blissful to watch. You know, I haven't seen throws like that from Lawrence, albeit that I haven't had my attention drawn to the Jags that often, you know, for watching full games, aside from the one at Wembley, uh, at Tottenham and the the Colts game at the end of last year were kind of probably two of the only games that I watched in full with the Jags. But whatever I saw of Lawrence last year, didn't see it, enough. He didn't light up. I'm not trying to say he did. But at the same time, he didn't have a... Try to think of a really good. Who didn't. Who was the um, who was the Bills quarterback that had five intercept? Nathan Peterman. He didn't Nathan have a Nathan Peterman, Peterman yeah, style true. game, or a Jameis Winston thirty interception year. He didn't do much wrong, but he didn't do much. He didn't. Do, it sounds harsh and didn't do much right, 
but it wasn't like he did enough right to to outweigh that and make it seem like he's not got what he needs. So I personally think he's got a good shot of bouncing back and he could be the reason why they might be a dark horse to win that division. Uh, I don't know. With the Colts, Colts it's, it's hard. But well, the Colts have a... now got a QB controversy on their hands. Like, who are they going to start? Foles. Who are they going to start? Matt Ryan or Nick Foles? You know, Foles walks in there. He's got the ring. You know, like yeah. JP was saying, Doug Peterson hasn't walked in and isn't flashing the rings about at all or the ring about at all or anything like that. Nick Foles walks in. He's got that BDN energy. He walks in with the ring on his finger. Like, you want to win one of these boys? You start me. That's that's what Nick Nick Around his go. finger around something else. Just yeah. Change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Swing around. Um, Swing around his neck. Yeah, that that was a weird one though That's with right, the Colts. I don't really understand that. Bringing in Nick Foles. Yeah, just. Well, do you not remember what uh, what's his name? Charlie Charles Castley always says. You back the most up important business. Yeah. Most important person in your, your your organization is your franchise quarterback. The second most important person in your franchise is your backup quarterback. And the third, and the third is most your backups, backup. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I guess. Um, didn't the Falcons sign somebody as well? Falcons could have done with bringing in Nick Foles, to be honest. Uh, I wouldn't suit the offense though, because if you have Mariota, it's a different offense. So yeah, that's true. The reason why but it just... worked really well having Foles as a backup to Matt Ryan is they both are pocket Static. passers. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to go ranging running. There's going to be no. Well, I mean, there may be an RPO play in here, but it's not going to be a QB run RPO, for example. Yeah. So you mm. wouldn't have Jalen Hurts as your backup if you had Tom Brady as your quarterback because it doesn't really work very well. Unless, of course, you agree with him to be the next one and learn from him. But that doesn't seem to be the case with um, what's his face. He's the guy that who's backing up um, Brady, the guy that drafted two years ago in the second round. Do you know what I mean? No. Oh, I can't remember his name. That's really annoying. Anyway, uh, that guy, but he's also mostly like more of a pocket pass than a mobile quarterback. So it's not like you have the trouble you, in San Francisco where you have a pocket pass, a West style, West coast style offense with Jimmy G at the helm versus Trey Lance, which is more of a running quarterback and mobile. So you have to have two offenses ready depending on what happens. It's mm. better to have one offense and your backup is a good fit to replace your starter. I don't know if I haven't been paying attention to it, but I haven't heard much of the kind of Trey Lance is looking great already kind of usual troping that you would get about this time of year when they're just starting. It's to only throw May. Balls. No, I know, but they are still starting to throw balls around. And obviously that is going to be the biggest discussion in San Francisco is like, look, when are they going to go with Trey Lance? Some people felt that he could have come in even in that NFC Championship game last year. So you would have thought by this time, the hype would have, the hype train would have started. There'd have been a few more videos popping around social media like we've seen already with obviously the Dolphins and Tyreek Hill and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and well, like the, Tyreek, Tyreek's come out and said, Tua throws one of the prettiest balls. balls. Like, ah, really? Because we've never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't exist. Yeah. It's, and then you can't really say that having had Mahomes throw to you with those pretty balls. But maybe because it, in that Super Bowl game, Super Bowl run they had again when they lost to the Bucks. You know, the ball hit him in the face a couple of times. Maybe he thought it's because the ball wasn't pretty enough that he didn't catch it. Yeah, he was like, no. Nah, yeah. Stone hands. Only, only sexy balls here. Thank you very yeah. much. You yeah. Know, none of this. No no fat balls. That's what we're saying. Um, <laughs> That Gail Godot thing was only because it said Gal and then in big block capitals on the big screen and then it said Van Eyes. So oh. Galvanize. And that's why it was the female reporters as in Gal, Gals. Galvanize. Right. Um, so I, I got there after you explained it at the time, so it's not really need to go back and do it again. But I know but it's an audio, for... it's an audio thing as well. So it's this I is didn't explained. see it. I didn't see it the first time. I wasn't looking properly. Oh right, well I was looking at this, the stadium and the stands and looking at the, the field. Yeah. Um, nice and the other thing colors. with Trevor Lawrence that popped out, by the way, was when he was in London, he came out to the podium, didn't wear a single piece of Jags clothing. This is a Which, bit later on in the season, though, wasn't it? When he probably was like, screw this team and screw over Meyer. Well, no, it's apparently it's all to do with his uh, Image athlete and contract rights. deal, yeah, that he's got with somebody. Which I understand. But also, Rich, the sports psychologist, was like, that's just quite an interesting thing of you're already putting yourself, like removing yourself a little bit from the team visually, which still imprints whether people recognize or not on their mind tenuous i i mean i'm willing to go with the guy that's 
studied it. I'm not saying it's a positive or a negative thing. I just thought it was quite interesting. And yeah, Lawrence is famous for uh, theories and people taking advantage of patients. What? Sigmund Freud. Oh, right. Trying to cure people's uh, mental illnesses by saying they had a problem with sex. So we'd have sex with them until they'd have the problem solved. Oh, right. Isn't that Deshaun Watson? <laughs> let's leave that one there yeah, before yeah, you let's... get told off by uh let's, let's get the verge magazine thing in there as well so what is this oh is... yeah oh, this is all... the return of the pigs podcast and all views expressed in this podcast are not the views of verge magazine um there we go i i think they are the views of andre dixon though, as an individual <laughs> 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 no, they're not the views of Andre Dixon either. Um, yeah, just uh, any other NFL stuff? There hasn't really been much this week, to be honest. It's been, it's been a quite slow quiet. week, hasn't it, in fairness? Yeah. Uh, Brady's contract was confirmed with Fox, $375 million, the money. I mean, it's just ludicrous. Uh, Brady's I making think he'll, fake... I think he'll do great at it. I think he'll be brilliant. Well, if he's as funny on that and insulting on that as he was... Did you see the golf chipping thing that he did? Yeah, and he he was just blazing the other three quarterbacks. Like uh, Aaron, I guess you lost uh, Devonte. Devonte, so you know he can't catch for you in this uh, little chipping game that we've got. Patrick, you've lost Tyreek Hill, so he can't catch yeah. for you. You know, uh, Josh, you've still got Diggs, I guess. But you know, whatever. Me and my boy Mike Evans, they're making <laughs> catches. If he does stuff like that, I'm a, I'm I'll come on. I reckon board that's a bit what more. we'll see. We'll see more personality because it won't be Brady the the competitor i'm gonna beat you and beat you and beat you'll be brady the let's do that because again he can it, like i said last week granted it doesn't mean you have to be an athlete or be good at something to be able to criticize someone for it but if anyone's got a voice that could be heard and listened to i think his is probably the one of the top ones do you think that romo's shitting it Oh yeah, because, because Brady is the competitive savage. Brady will want yeah. to be the best at it. Yeah, and so Brady will be like trying to get plays so and game happen, right? tape and all this stuff. And Romo will just look so bad compared to what yeah. Brady does. This is what's going to happen. Brady's going to get into his flow, and a few games in, it'll be like, say it's a Patriots game he's, he's covering, and the Patriots are an offense. Oh no, because no, Josh McDaniels is there. So it's a Raiders game, so it's Josh McDaniels' offense. And he'll say before the snap, this ball, if it was Romo sitting here, he'll think it's going to be a run to the right, but it's not. Oh, he's going to call going, out Romo. It's going it? slot right over there. <laughs> Watch that boy there. It's going there. And he calls it. He's like, yep, yeah, yeah. That's what you get. That's why you, that's why you pay me, not Tony. Oh, my God. That's If he calls out Romo. That would it. be the most baller thing. Especially I, I it, honestly could see that happening as, as well. As it builds like the Fox-CBS rivalry yep. as well and stuff for all of those early games and everything like that. Yeah, that would be really fun. It would be amazing. be really fun. Yeah, Tony, what Tony's told you, or he does it on like Brady's analysis show that they have in midweek yeah. after the game. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I was watching actually the revamp of this and Tony Romo was saying this and this, but actually I think you'll find... When we go back and look at it, the Tony was a little bit wrong when they were talking about this in the game because it's actually this point here that many yeah. people wouldn't pick up on, but I noticed it. <laughs> yeah. I noticed it. <laughs> I noticed it. That's why I'm worth $37.5 million a year. Yeah, it's, it's a ludicrous amount of money. Hey, if I wonder if JP Shadrick thinks I could make that sort of money. I hope so. That'd be nice. Yeah. I was only half joking about the... I'm half ten. I'm tempted to go out at some point, um, early June, just as kind of some of the mini camp stuff or whatever uh, that they do, and just see if there's any fun like inside information. Do some video content from there or something like that. And I was thinking, Would they let you in? Well, that, the press can attend those sorts of things. Yeah. Okay. So you think you can go up? You can get some more insight into particularly like. Going to the Jags would be quite fun because, you know, you're going to see him in London. You can maybe try and chat with some of the players, have a chat with JP and all that kind of stuff. And then the Jags just need to reach out and say, Wilson, come and be. We've seen you on BT Sport pitch side at San Siro. <laughs> We've heard you on the Super Bowl. Come and be our UK voice and face. And I'd be like, guys, it's going to take Brady money. <laughs> and then you think about, well, taxes are less over there. No, no tax uh, in Florida. Yeah, no income. Wait, tax. So the 
you sure like federal tax don't yeah you? yeah but no uh no income no tax. state tax yeah. so you know well just live here for no less than for no more than 90 days you don't pay tax here and then you know you sort it i'll do the season three months out there and then come back and then nip back over for the last few games come back in the bye week go back over again oh no is it but i mean if you just don't live here for if you live here for 90 days or more you have to pay tax if you just keep yourself under that threshold you just get your money from here and don't pay tax on it oh right oh you're saying do it that way yeah but then you have to deal with like visas and oh, i'm sure the jacks can sort out some visas for me yeah Oh, it's the Jags. Guys. Obviously, I'm, I want to be put up I was going to say something the... else, but I'll tell you off air what I was going to say because it's not it's not something that we should have uh, publicly aired. I want to be put up in the Four Seasons as well or whatever they're building. That five-star. You know. Yeah. Give me a residence, please. That would be that'd be nice. Well, I don't think there's anything else we really need to get into in terms of the NFL. No, that's kind of it really, isn't it? No. Short and sharp. Makes a change for us. Progress Dave's not waffling. Michael Thomas is going to be ready for camp, according to the Saints. So, I wonder if OBJ signs there still. Oh, well. Kaepernick's got his workout as well this week. The Raiders. Yeah. Do you think they yeah. sign him? Nope. Why I do you think feel, they're doing it? I, I, I'm so cynical these days. It just feels like they're just trying to get just good PR. That's I don't honestly know if how Kaepernick it feels. Kaepernick gets you good PR, though, doesn't it? But, but Kaepernick isn't going to fit into that system if Derek Carr's your quarterback. They're two different players. Just like I was saying. It's like, for example, again, using the Steelers as a good example, Mitch Trubisky is a pocket passer mobile quarterback, which is what Kenny Pickett is. So if they plan to pick someone like Kenny Pickett in the draft, then having Mitch Trubisky as their placeholder, backup, starter, you're dealing with kind of the same type of prototypical player mm. rather than having it Derek Carr and Colin Kaepernick. They're very different beasts in terms of what one does versus the other. If yeah. you had him yeah, go, yeah, yeah. And, uh, go to Philadelphia, yeah, sure. Go to Arizona, sure. They're but, on hard knocks. That'll be yeah. watching Kyler Murray implode during the season. Because it's the in-season hard knocks that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be uh, interesting. Oh, and Russell Wilson's fat. Is he? He's so fat. I saw a picture <laughs> of him in his Broncos uniform. He's either put on a load of muscle. Justin Herbert apparently has got stacked. He's it's added 6'6", 245 now, isn't he? Yeah, he's added on a shitload of muscle apparently. And I think Russell Wilson's done the same, but more from like getting high and having munchies in Denver than... <laughs> is it not legal in Seattle? I don't know. It probably is now. It just... I'm sure it would be in Seattle. He just, he just looks thick, <laughs> does Russ. <laughs> Well, maybe it's because he's. We usually see him in a dark uniform, don't we? Where I've seen him in orange or seen him in white more regularly, it makes him look a bit more. Maybe rotund. Just less, uh, yeah, I was going to say rotund, but I don't want to say that. No, no, I think it's just less, uh, less, less, less flattering, shall we say? I think it's fun to say that he's rotund, considering he's quite short as well. So it, any mass he puts on makes him more barrel-like. <laughs> That's that's the trouble that he has is that Justin Herbert's six five or whatever and can get put on a load of muscle and it doesn't it makes him look jacked. If Russell Wilson has put on muscle, it just makes him look stocky, which is weird because then he looks like a really odd running quarterback as well if he's really stocky. Yeah, a bit kind of hefty lefty style. I mean, he wasn't a running quarterback, but I know what you're trying to go with. He was a mobile quarterback. Well, he his whole ploy was a mobile quarterback. And he was definitely a running quarterback. It was just only like fourth and one, fourth and two running. Yeah, that's not a running quarterback. It's QB <laughs> sneaking with heft. That's different. You can't sneak a guy that big. <laughs> that's not well, a you sneak. can because he pushes the pile. It's a QB rumble, like I think, at that fullback. point. <laughs> yeah, but I don't... Just quickly on the Kaepernick. I don't really understand the Kaepernick thing if they're not interested in actually signing him because the Kaepernick thing now, it, it's not been a thing i think for a while because uh, everybody's recognized that the likelihood of him being back in the league is just slim to none so why would you have him work out you're not going to get a huge big media push from it i don't think nobody's like nobody's looking at this and it's like oh my god isn't that amazing that kaepernick still might get a chance i think people it's very much been just like a footnote in a very slow week of nfl news 
yeah, that's a fair point as well. I just think it's done for PR and and again attempting attempting positive publicity. Also, the Raiders don't need positive publicity because they've got Josh McDaniels, they've bought in Studley McStudley receiver, and they're tipped to be one of the best uh, teams in the NFL this year. I mean, they did have some pretty negative publicity last year. Yeah, I know, but but they've already whitewashed that with the splashes that they've made this offseason. So... And that also does include John Gruden is suing the NFL, isn't he? And that was the motion to dismiss that was denied, so that lawsuit's going through. So actually... When you really think about it, them saying we're going to get Kaepernick for a workout distances themselves from the negative publicity of the Gruden stuff. I suppose also it puts the, you know, if you type in Raiders news, the first thing is then the Kaepernick, Kaepernick workout and not Gruden suit. Gruden suing NFL. So, that's right. So you think it's just done for Google searches, basically. So I've just nailed it. Nailed You're welcome. It. Let's uh, leave with Jazz Coin at its highest. It's been for a while then. Epic crash coming next time.